In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, on today's Good News for the City, we're going to speak with a gentleman who is part of an organization that works and ministers to change lives in the Los Angeles area and in Africa. So we're going to get talking about that. And of course, to introduce our guest to get us started is my good friend, my co-host, Pastor Brian Bales. Good to see you, friend. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to, again, bring to the forefront the important issues of what it means to be sharing the good news, the Amen. gospel. Amen. It is the answer to every need in every situation, whether that is right here in the Washington metro area, whether that is in Los Angeles, California, whether it is in Africa or where it happens to be, where our guest is joining us via the phone today in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Uh, we're privileged to have with us uh, on the phone today, talking to us here in the studio, Pastor Curtis Shin. Now, Curtis, uh, based from what I can tell from my research, he has a lot of hats that uh, he can carry, but two main ones, though, as CEO of an organization called Patio Heaven. And specifically, one of the things we're going to talk about that he's involved in is Reignite Hope, and he is an executive board member for Reignite Hope. And so, Curtis, thanks for joining us via phone and taking some time away uh, to talk about the good news of the gospel. Well, I thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you, gentlemen, today. So we have a lot of people who, uh, hopefully not while they're driving the car listening to this right now, but who listen on podcast and those sort of things, and they like to multitask a lot. And so when we talk to people and we give them a website, I know that many times they're already just pinging that website while they're listening to what we're talking about. So I just want to throw that out there before we start, that we can find out more, you can find out more if you're listening uh, right now, about what we're going to talk about at www.reignitehope.com www.reignitehope.com. And, and Curtis, there may be people going there right now uh, or maybe later on. And, and when they get there and they get to the website, one of the phrases that's going to jump out to them summarizes what you do this way. Changing lives here, saving lives there. And the here that you're talking about is Los Angeles. And we'll talk about the there uh, in a few moments. But Kind of get us into the backstory of Reignite Hope and the work happening there in Los Angeles, what was behind it, what's going on, and uh, how the gospel is moving forward in that way. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Reignite Hope was born from uh, a partnership with uh, Rolling Hills Covenant Church and uh, the Fred Jordan Mission uh, in Skid Row in downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, for decades, uh, they have been um, serving their community with meals, with lodging, um, and uh, it, it dawned on them and said, wow, um, it's a vicious cycle. And what can yeah. we do to really impact and change lives? We share the gospel. Uh, we provide meals. Um, but there's got to be more. And so uh, the thought came of, hey, how about we do something uh, in the realm of jobs? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our 
pastor of local and mission, uh, local and global missions, uh, Steve Bunyard, uh, has a uh, very fun background. He was a drag racer. He's a master welder. Yeah. Uh, the man is, is a former entrepreneur. Um, and he said, you know what? Um, uh, working with what uh, he has, uh, the fish and loaves, he said, well, I know how to weld. Um, and so they set up a space um, up on the third floor uh, uh-huh. at the mission. Um, uh, a, a, a brother joined and actually slept uh, and stayed at the mission with the men. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had our first class um, teaching uh, men and women to, to weld. Um, that has now grown over the 10 years. Um, we've graduated over uh, 500 students. Wow. Uh, we have a second location in Philadelphia and a third location in Cebu in the Philippines. Um, I, uh, a year and a half ago, moved out to Las Vegas uh, to bring the program to Las Vegas. Uh, we have uh, San Diego. Uh, where that'll be our first uh, location that is inside uh, the prison. Um, so Donovan Penitentiary down um, by the border of Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, we will actually uh, have our first facility inside the prison walls. Wow, that's that's amazing. There, there's an old saying that I think that we've all heard it at some point or another, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Uh, and as I Amen. listened to what you were saying, that, that statement just kind of rolled back to me as you, you said, it's not like we weren't giving the gospel through deed and action by feeding them, but you wanted to take it uh, a step farther. So in some ways, that's kind of what's happening, I guess I would say it based upon your statement, what's happening here in, in Los Angeles and Las Vegas and others on, on state side. But also in your mission statement, you talked about this idea so that you change lives here to save lives there. There mm-hmm. is another place. There is over in Africa and other places. How did that sort of connection start? And how are the saving lives here integral to this idea, rather changing lives here, integral to saving lives there? Uh, we have one of our uh, founding uh, members of uh, Rolling Hills Covenant, uh, Dr. Paul Carlson, um, who went out to the Congo in Africa, uh, and uh, he was actually um, lost his life there. Mm. Um, But because um, of his sacrifice, um, we now have five hospitals and 95 clinics in the Congo. And the the covenant denomination um, actually has more members in Congo than it does stateside. Mm. Um, And uh, the Paul Carlson Foundation, uh, their task uh, with having to raise over a million dollars a year uh, to run uh, those hospitals and clinics. And um, we put a task force together to, to go out there and say, hey, how can we turn uh, this over to our Congolese brothers uh, where it's no longer uh, a stateside um, global mission, but it becomes fully theirs. Sure. Um, and me being an entrepreneur, a businessman, um, we looked at different um Microloans, different businesses that we can set up, um, and through the course of that, one of the things was um, instead of us saying, "Hey, you need this or that," um, bringing forth the chain model was, "Hey, what assets do you have, and what do you guys really need?" Um, the response came back, "Well, uh, we need bicycle ambulances, uh, meaning ambulances that could be pulled e- either 
by hand uh, attached to the back of a bicycle or a yeah. motorcycle because mm-hmm. uh, there are no roads um, up uh, in the, the region of the Congo that we were in. And people were having to walk um, sometimes two days to get to the clinic. Wow. Um, and people were losing their lives um, in that process. Wow. Um, so uh, we took, uh, you know, I, I do furniture. Uh, we took a chaise lounge um, that you have, you know, by every pool yeah. um, at, at every hotel. Um, and we took that. We uh, put some wheels on it, modified it, put a cover on it, um, and voila, it became the first uh, bicycle ambulance. And uh, we had donations um, from uh, mostly church groups um, yeah. that said, hey, we want to um, donate 20 or 50 of these. Um, so the students, in the course of their welding uh, training, the 16-week uh, mentor discipleship program, um, where they get certified by the American Welding Society, um, they would build these okay. um, and know that they had an impact in saving lives um, across the world. And I love this reality that you're using welding as a mission. God can use anything as a mission. And we choose to submit Amen. to him. Yeah. And, yeah. and specifically, uh, from what I understand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that a lot of the individuals that you choose to engage, especially here stateside, uh, might have a label, and I want to be careful with this label, of at risk. Uh, that can mean lots of things. Um, it could be sort of different backgrounds. When you give them a skill set, when you help them learn something they can turn into a trade uh, and they can have a, a good job with, how does that affect their long-term impact and outlook of life? Uh, wow. Um, the uh, the statistics are overwhelming. Um, the recidivism, uh, when someone leaves prison, mm-hmm. um, there's a 70% chance that they will end up back in prison wow. uh, within a short time frame. That's 7 out of 10 guys um, wow. with the uh, joint venture program uh, that we're endeavoring. Um, that drops all the way down uh, to an unbelievable 10%, meaning 1 out of 10 guys. Wow, that's and incredible. All that they need, Praise God. Um, it's an opportunity. Uh, when you have a record and you can't get a job, um, when you have tattoos on your face and neck, um, there are a lot of places, even me, uh, in my business, I can't um, hire um, uh, a felon to go onto a five-star resort property um, because of insurances and, and uh, other issues. Um, but when you're welding, uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, and secondarily, and more importantly for me, um, when you're welding, um, it's an occupation, um, it's a career uh, that you can afford a family on. Yes. Um, we've thought about doing something like a sewing program, and just the thought of you know someone ending up in a sweatshop somewhere, um, barely able to make ends meet. Uh, no, that's not what we're about. Let's go after the high-paying trades. So I think there's such a powerful part of what you're sharing about the gospel that uh, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Scripture is very clear about that. Um, And and whether or not we have tattoos all over our body or a prison record, we are all broken people in comparison to Jesus Christ. Uh, And we are dead in our trespasses and sin. Yet 
Jesus redeems us, right? And mm-hmm. and even after we're redeemed and we become believers, man, I don't know. We don't know each other. We never met. But I, the human nature says in my life, I still mess it up. I screw it up and I blow it up. Uh, and I think that's true in all of our lives. But Jesus still reaches out. Not only he gives us a power of a second chance, a third chance, a, a fourth chance, you know, and, and in my case, maybe 40,000th chance of the things. <laughs> I right? think I got you beat, man. Right? Well, you know, just by age. <laughs> but, you know, I might catch up with you based upon some things. Uh, Talk about that power of, of what it means in life when you're actually telling uh, a man or a woman who has uh, been in prison or they are former gang members or offenders all kinds of tough situations where you look at them and you give them that chance. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, we are all called to be evangelists. Mm. That the great mission yes. is for every uh, believer uh, in the body of Christ. Yes. And for me in particular, um, I have a very outgoing personality and I have no problem uh, walking up to someone on the street um, and having a conversation. Um, but what I uh, feel is most effective for me is uh, that Jesus is caught uh, before he's taught. Sure. Um, Gives you a I platform. Can, exactly. I, I can espouse on, on uh, a lot of things in, in the Word, um, but I would rather uh, people see how I live my life um, and let them um, say, hmm, I, 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 I want that, or I'm curious about that, and, and to really have them open the door uh, via relationship, via trust, um, to say, okay, uh, I'm ready, I want this. Mm. One of the um, uh, partner organizations here, we if you heard at the beginning, we this is a partnership between WAVA Radio um, and also One Heart DC, and I know that um, Howard Levin, he's our executive director of One Heart DC. You've interconnected with him, and you, and you've talked to him in that way. One of the, if you went to the One Heart DC website, OneHeartDC.org, um, you would see that there's pillars, right? And and one of those pillars is hope, um, because we believe hope is at the basis of where true change can occur through the gospel. When someone comes to the program, and I imagine that. Uh, that when you get people in the program, it may not be their first time out of prison when you talk about the recidivism rate or their first time going through a bad scenario, and they finally see and can grasp hope in a tangible way and the future can be better, what sort of difference does that make in their life? Obviously, you've talked about how it drops from 7 out of 10 to 1 out of 10, but it's got to be more than I'm just not in prison anymore. What other types of differences? Um, what we find is um, there are a lot of other issues when you're dealing with homelessness, um, when you're dealing with um, abuse and um, PTSD. Um, there is usually going to be a, a high level of alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, uh, broken families, yeah. um, sexual abuse. Uh, and what we find is through the course of the program, you know, week one, uh, this is a 16-week course, um, we ask, we share um, during lunchtime, and we say, hey, anyone have any prayer requests? Um, I don't think in all the classes there's ever been one um, uh, in week one, uh, week two, uh, week three. Week, as we go on, all of a sudden, um, everyone's asking for prayer. Yeah. Um, when lives are touched, when answers are, uh, when, when prayers are answered, um, and it starts to bubble forth um, hope. Um, you see that um, without even having to address the issues, 
Um, we have uh, volunteers and staff who are trained in uh, inner healing. Um, we don't have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, alcoholism, drug abuse, um, addictions fall off simply by the fact that you're walking day to day, doing the things you're called to do. Um, families are reunited. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I I wish I was in the same room with you because I, I hear in your voice, as I think people are hearing uh, right now as they're listening, uh, how this is transforming you as well as you watch the gospel just change people's lives through this program. And it's not just more than keeping out of prison. It's so many other things. Now, for some people who are maybe more um, concrete, zeros and ones, who say, oh, man, this seems really interesting. Um, Talk about from maybe just even a, a business perspective, the welding program success, especially when it comes to students being able to land jobs. What are, what are those numbers like? Because making a living and providing in any big metropolitan area is expensive here in Washington Metro D.C. area. I know it's expensive in Los Angeles and other places that you work, but you talk about them being able to make a living. What does that mean? Um, there is a worldwide shortage of welders. Um, <clears throat> there are other high-paying trades that we would like to go after. Um, when resources uh, allow us to, uh, we'll touch on those maybe uh, another time. But uh, specifically welding, um, the Raider Stadium is going up in uh, Las Vegas here. Um, they couldn't find welders. Um, they were scouring and bringing people in from all over the world um, to to do that. And pretty much every major project like that um, <clears throat> in any given city um, you're not going to have trouble finding a job as a welder. And uh, an entry-level welder is going to make, you know, 15 bucks an hour. Um, but as you progress, uh, if you're in a union, you know, very quickly it goes 40 60 $80 an hour. Um, when you go uh, travel uh, for the job, um, you're making uh, sometimes in excess of $100 an hour. You get into some specialized welding um underwater welding, things of that nature, you're talking 200 bucks an hour. Um, these guys can end up making more than me. Mm. And I think, you know, um, listening to that, we can often think that once there's a mistake, not only is there not any hope spiritually, but there's not even hope, uh, you know, physically with uh, making income and those sort of things. If you've been in prison or drugs or, or whatever, that that's such a great encouragement for, I think, that, that, that people to hear how the gospel has changed through welding, Everything about their lives, not just spiritually, but but physically and emotionally and relationally with other people. But again, going back to just a moment ago when I said I could hear it in your voice, could you talk about not just the students' lives being changed here, but over the years, I imagine it's had an impact on you personally. How has it impacted you? Oh, my gosh. Um, I've um, spent the majority um, of uh, the last decade um, in some way, shape, or form uh, in ministry.
a, a Christian um, organization uh, that is very specific and, and purposeful, uh, that we share the gospel, we share the good news of Christ um, every step of the way. And um, what that did is it took the compartments of my life um, and opened them all uh, up and, and merged it uh, to where I feel like my day in, my day out um, is very uh, God-centered. Yes. Um, and the different areas of um, my personality and uh, the sinful nature that I will uh, come up against um, just has a lot less room to navigate. I think there's a there's a whole other show just right there, and you're talking about the compartmentalization that we tend to do in our life, and we kind of segment them, and we talk about this in the show that there is no such difference as secular and sacred, that they're Amen. all together, and, and finding that way. And one of the encouragement things you try to do in the show is, is tell people to understand living out the gospel isn't something additional to what you're doing. How do we how Amen. do we merge it into what we're doing? And this example of, of what you're doing is amazing. Now, in the last two minutes or so, um, we liked on the show to really to ask people to share at least a story, maybe another of of a life change by the program. So you know, obviously, you don't have to give someone's name, or maybe just want to use a first name. Could you just really practically bring it down, whether it's in Africa or here stateside, where life a life has been changed, real practically? Uh, we have uh, one of my favorite stories: uh, a dear brother, uh, Jimmy, who. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> lost his uh, twin brother uh, to drug and, and gang violence, um, actually held him in his arms uh, as he died of a gunshot wound, um, mm. and just kind of uh, lost his um, motivation to live. Um, put a revolver to his head every morning, oh. one bullet, and pulled the trigger. And if it didn't go off, he went about his day. Um, a friend uh, told him not the program, uh, gave him a brochure, um, Jimmy had just started um, praying again, um, saying, God, um, if you're real, um, I'm ready. Yes. Um, so he went, uh, interviewed with Pastor Steve. Um, Pastor Steve saw he was serious um, and welcomed him uh, into the program. Um, Jimmy, um, drug dealer, um, some someone that you would not want to meet in a dark alley, someone who uh, very easily could steal your car, uh, home invasion robbery, uh, mug you, uh, any of these things, um, through the course of the program, um, was so touched uh, and his walk uh, reinvigorated um, that he actually um, gave up uh, many opportunities at higher-paying jobs um, to stay uh, and be a teacher um, with the program. And I think single-handedly kept um, our attrition rate um, somewhere near 80% um, is our success rate of uh, someone who starts the program, finishing the program. And once they graduate our program, we have a 100% success rate uh, yeah. in getting them certified through the American Welding Society. Mm. Um, and that is um, uh, a story of uh, a man who um, turned his life around, but then, um, as we're called to do, uh, turned so many other lives around. Yes. Uh, and those lives, because welding is so dynamic, um, are going all over the world um, as emissaries of Christ. 
Well, Curtis, that just inspires me. Uh, and thank you for, for doing what you're doing and, and allowing God to use you. We yeah. have a tagline in this show that Dennis will say in just a moment. It's the gospel that makes a way. And it makes a way for everything when we really understand. So thank you for what you're doing with Reignite Hope and how it is making a way. Dennis? Yeah. Curtis, thank you so much, my brother. God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. Keep the faith. Keep working. Man, you're doing great work on behalf of the kingdom. So Thank you so much for joining us and telling us that. Folks, if you want to if you want to hear more uh, or find out more, reignitehope.com. That's reignitehope.com. Hey, if you want to hear the program again, of course, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can also go to wava.com, put in the keyword good news, look under our podcast, and you can listen to the podcast again. Or if you want to, you can call me here at the radio station 703-807-2266. Again, God bless you, Curtis. Thank you so much for joining us. And folks, we will see you again next week on Good News for the City. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.